This is Barbara Gregorich, writer, reader, blogger, teacher, sharing with you some of the thoughts, inspirations, and writing decisions behind my work. Every Tuesday for the next few months, I'll podcast something that relates to mystery novels in general, the six Charlie Chan mysteries of Earl Durabriggers in particular, and my decision to write the biography, Charlie Chan's Papa, Earl Durabriggers. On the first and third Fridays of each month, I'll podcast something about my most recent book, The F-Words, a YA novel published by City of Light Publishing. The things for my life that I turn into books are sometimes predictable, sometimes not. I always wanted to be a baseball player, so it makes sense to me that I turned that desire into a novel, She's On First. And I worked in the typesetting department of a major newspaper, so it makes sense to me that I turned that into a mystery novel, Dirty Proof. But back when I first became interested in Earl Dare Biggers, who created Charlie Chan and wrote about him in six novels, I was 16 years old and never once thought about writing a book about anybody, let alone a long-forgotten author from Warren, Ohio. Perhaps I should have because on my first encounter with Biggers, I realized that I enjoyed his Chan novels immensely. I loved the character of Chan, I loved the humor of Biggers, I loved the mysteries themselves, and I loved the setting. Biggers seemed to excel at setting. Fast forward to 1998, when I actually began thinking about writing an article, not a book, on Biggers. This was due to the fact that I had written an article on baseball player Alta Wise from Ohio for Timeline, the magazine of Ohio history, and I was scouting around for another Ohio topic. That's when and why Biggers came to mind. When I was committed to the Timeline article on Earl Dare Biggers back in 1998, I had a very difficult time finding any information on him. It was as if his early death at the age of 49 resulted in the mystery world eventually forgetting about him. Or perhaps because he wrote during the golden age of mystery, he, along with others, was simply overshadowed by the hard-boiled private eyes who followed. What I did discover, though, was that his publisher, Bob's Merrill, which went out of business in 1954, turned its archives over to the Lilly Library at Indiana University. I called the Lilly Library to see if, within the Bob's Merrill archives, there was something on Earl Dare Biggers. There was, so I made an appointment to research, drove there, and spent three or four days going through everything that was in the file boxes labeled Earl Dare Biggers. I was so impressed with everything that Bob Smerrill kept, posters, letters between the author and his editor, telegrams, book cover ideas, that I almost vowed to never throw any written thing away ever again. Almost. If I didn't throw things away, I would be overrun by paper. After doing as much research as I possibly could back in 1998, I wrote the article, and it was published in 1999. I then proposed to Harvard Alumni Magazine that I write an article on Biggers because he was a Harvard graduate. They accepted my article, which was published in 2000. Somewhere in the middle of writing the two articles on Biggers, I thought that someday I would write a book on him. Probably. 
I entertained the thought, but it wasn't com but I wasn't committed to the action. In fact, any thoughts I had of maybe writing a book on Biggers were kind of quelled by the popularity of the Timeline magazine. After the piece was published and after the internet grew, my article was and still is reproduced everywhere or is quoted as a source or is quoted from. And so for many years, I thought I would never write a book about Biggers because the magazine article was everywhere. <clears throat> but then in 2014, I began a blog, much to write about. Part of the much was Earl Dare Biggers and his Chan novels. In order to blog about them, I reread them and began to blog uh, about each of them. The more such blogs I wrote, the more my interest in Biggers was renewed. I now, grasped, I now grasped more about the six Chan novels than I had 20 years ago, and way far more than I had 40 years ago. And I appreciated them more, too. So I began to think about a book again. I felt a bit like Charlie Chan himself, who in the first novel, The House Without a Key, states, we sway about seeking still another path. Once I decided that I would, in fact, write an entire book about Earl Dare Biggers, I went through all the notes I had taken back in 1998 while at the Lilly Library. I then took my 4,700-word timeline article and began expanding it. I did this three times, adding more information, changing the structure somewhat, adding subheads, moving things around, until I ended up with a 19,000-word piece titled The Life of Earl Dare Biggers. This constitutes the first section of my book. The second section of my book consists of all the analysis and observation I did in the blog articles I wrote. These add another 17,000 words to the book. One of the most difficult parts of the book was the acknowledgments and the sources. They were both hard because I wasn't keeping notes on everybody who helped me all those years ago. And some of my source materials, clippings, were impossible to find publishing information on. And what there is is very valuable to anyone else who might want to study Earl Dare Biggers. And I hope there are such people. Biggers' story is an interesting one. He was a good writer who aimed at pleasing middle-brow America, which means that his books were neither highbrow, intellectual, nor lowbrow, pulp fiction. I think he would fall into the category of what we call popular fiction today, easy to read. His plotting was excellent, his dialogue clever, and he had a great sense of pace and, as I mentioned earlier, was terrific at settings. His characters were likable and some were quite interesting. Tarnavero the Great comes to mind. The public loved Bigger's novels. He was very well known in the U.S. from 1913 onward and very well known around the world from 1925 onward. My book looks at the problems Bigger faced as a writer. Most of these were problems with his publisher, but some were problems with the public and some with Hollywood. I think that most readers would enjoy learning about writing and publishing by reading The Life of Earl Dare Biggers. And I'm very happy that after all those years, I finally got around to writing the book. 
This concludes my podcasts on Earl Dare Biggers. My next several podcasts will be, will be about early childhood memories and poetry, including a wagon load, ridge and furrow, cow poems, and more.